Thank you for joining us for this message today. If you're new to the church or want to connect in any way, check us out at harborcitychurch.org. We would love to connect with you. Thank you so much. And with that, let's jump into the message. Good morning, Harbor City Church. It is good to be with you today. We are going to be continuing our sermon on the devil's worst nightmare, part five. And I will be speaking today about the whole armor of God. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief doesn't come except to do this. If you want to know why the devil comes, he comes to do these things. The thief doesn't come except to steal, to steal and to kill and to destroy. Maybe some things have been stolen from you in this season. Maybe some hopes and dreams have been killed. Um, the thief has maybe just taken some things out of your life, but Jesus said, but I have come that they may have life, that you, that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. God has a great plan for you. God has hope for you. We've identified the thief in this season. This is the devil's trying to work, but I'll tell you what, God is going to work all things together for good for you, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus made this statement to his followers. He says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Isn't it wonderful to know that you actually have authority over the devil? You have the authority over the evil one and over his devices. You know, many times in my house, we'll, we're getting ready for dinner time. And uh, I asked my, I have a couple young boys and a daughter. And my daughter, Everly, I call her Sissy. And I say, Sissy, the boys are in their bedroom and they're playing on their PS4, but it's dinner time. Will you go tell them to come out for dinner? So what does she do? She goes into the bedroom and I hear her. She says, boys, it's time for dinner. Now, those of you that have kids, what do you think happens? Do the boys come immediately or does my daughter come back out and I hear her say, dad, the boys aren't coming. So what do I do? I say, sissy, just tell them dad says. And I can hear her little feet go back into their bedroom and I hear her say, boys, it's time for dinner, dad says. Now what happens? People be getting up in that bedroom and coming to the dinner table. Why? Because I have conferred my authority to my daughter, and my boys recognize my authority on her. In the same way, God has, and Jesus have delegated, Jesus gave us authority over all the power of the enemy. You truly are the devil's worst nightmare. In James chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Not he might flee, maybe he will, but no. If we submit to God he, and resist the devil, the devil will flee. And a lot of times, um, we like to resist the devil, but we can't remove the first part of that verse where it says, we need to submit ourselves to God. Submit ourselves to his word, submit ourselves to his will, his way, his plans, his future for our lives. And we truly do that. We submit to God, the devil will flee from us. You know, I think about it like this. When, if there was a 
a bad guy trying to come through my back door or through my sliding door, and I, and I see him coming through the door, and I, and I confront him, and I kick him out of my house. But if I leave my front door open, if I've left a door open in my life, he may very well, I get him out the back door, but he's just going to come right around the side of the house and come through the front door. We need to submit ourselves to God, close any open doors in our lives, and that will let us be effective and the authority that God has given to us. And after doing all that, though, I do want to say that there is armor that God has given us. And the Bible calls it, Paul calls it, the whole armor of God. And we need this whole armor of God. We may not be in a, in a physical battle, physical warfare, so to speak, but there is a spiritual battle. You know, I think about police officers when they go out on duty for, the, for their shift and you know, they might have the belt that holds on uh, a stun gun or a taser. I don't know if they have batons anymore, maybe may a baton. And they have their service weapon and possibly even uh, some sort of body armor, uh, some sort of boot, utility boot, and uh, maybe a badge. And the, what does a badge do? Again, the badge is this is their authority that's been conferred to them why they can do these things they do in the field. Well, even as the police officer in the natural realm will go out, not go out to fight, not go out to protect, not go out to serve without his armor, well, as Christians, we need to put on the whole armor of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 17, the apostle Paul begins to write to us about this armor. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his, right, his might, right? We're going to stand in his ability. Put on the, he says, it, you'll notice he says it twice, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil because we're not running, we're not fleeing. This isn't the time to be hiding under the bed. No, we have all authority over all the power of the enemy. Verse 12, for we do not, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, again, he says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. We're not running. We're standing in the authority of God with the whole armor of God. Again, we're not, we're, this isn't a physical battle we're talking about. This is spiritual things. This is spiritual reality, and God is giving us spiritual weapons to fight with. Verse 14 continues, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. Some translations refer to it as the belt of truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith which went, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, there's actually six pieces of the whole armor of God that we'll talk about this morning to help you stand against all the wiles of the devil. The first piece of armor is called the, the belt of truth. We need to walk in truth. His Word is truth. John 17, verse 17 says, Sancti Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. 
In Matthew 24, uh, verse 35, Jesus said this, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will, will by no means pass away. Think about that. Heaven and earth could disappear tomorrow, and that his word would still be standing. A few years ago, I was watching, looking at some YouTube videos, and they were doing these uh, nuclear atomic bomb tests, and I was really intrigued looking at the, the power of the uh, atomic uh, nuclear weaponry. And they were doing these tests, I believe it was in the mid-40s, in the Marshall Islands in the Pacific Ocean, uh, the Bikini Atoll, and uh, sailors were out there, and they had these big glasses on, and they were dropping these large bombs and really destroying the whole island. And I thought about that. If every nuclear device in this world ignited or was uh, exploded at once, this whole place was destroyed, yet the word of God is indestructible. Everything in the world could be destroyed, and yet his word would still, would still remain. Heaven and earth could pass away, but my words will not pass away. And so we put on that belt of truth. Our lives are built on the unshakable, unmovable immovable foundation of God's word. We're not building our lives on shifting sands, but this is a sure foundation for us. You know, Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Isn't it wonderful that truth is personified in in Jesus? Truth is a person. Jesus didn't say, I am a way. I am a truth, I am a life, as if he's one of the ways to God. No, he is the truth. And he said this, no one comes to the Father but by me. So we put on that belt of truth, building our lives on the immovable revelation, the immovable word of God and the revelation that Jesus is the truth. He is the truth. After having put on the belt of truth, the next piece of armor we need to take up is the breastplate of righteousness. Now, don't get lost at the word righteousness. We can simply mean, simply means right standing, that we have right standing with God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For he made him, God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know, we have our righteousness, our right standing with God is not based on what we've done. Our right standing with God is based on what God has done for us in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. You know, I think back to the beginning, back to the book of Genesis, and when Adam and Eve were in the garden, and it says that they took from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they ate of that fruit, and it says they were naked and afraid, which sounds like a, like a reality television show. These guys were like the pioneers of the reality television. It says they ate the fruit, they were naked, and they were afraid, and they hid themselves. And it says they, because of this, because they were ashamed of this, it says they took fig leaves and sewed them together, and they put it on themselves as sort of a clothing, like a salad dressing. Yes, they made clothes for themselves. And they hid themselves. And God is walking along in the cool of the day. And he calls out to Adam and Eve, where are you? And he sees what they've done. And he, he sees what they've made. And it says that he took skin. He says, that's not going to work. What you've made for yourself isn't going to work. So he took the skin of an animal 
and he put it on Adam and Eve. Why? Because the skin of the animal points already in the garden to Jesus. You remember John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Adam and Eve tried to solve that, the chasm between themselves and God and their shame and their nakedness with God, but God said, don't worry about it. I'm going to send my son, and he's the pure spotless lamb, and you put these garments on yourself. You don't need to make your own clothing of righteousness. Don't worry. I'm going to make you some clothing. The prophet Isaiah said, behold, our righteousness is as filthy rags, but you know what? Isn't it wonderful that we can have a, not our own righteousness, but a righteousness that comes from right relationship with God? We simply invite Jesus into our lives, and we have right standing with God. I used to live on Orcas Island out in the San Juan Islands, and uh, my father owned a garbage company, so I drove garbage trucks for my dad. Really, I, I was on garbage trucks at the age of five years old, all through my 20s. And I drove garbage truck. And one day, my garbage truck had some issues, and I was underneath the garbage truck. So maybe you've never worked on a garbage truck. I have, but I actually had to work underneath the garbage truck as well. And there's all kinds of interesting things underneath that garbage truck. Well, one day, I was underneath the garbage truck working, and the mechanic in there, he had his, uh, his favorite country music station on. And as I was listening to the lyrics, something caught my attention. I heard one of these musicians, and he's... He's singing this song, and I'll try to sing for you. The forewarning, I'm not a singer, but I heard this lyric as the, music, the country musician's playing. He said, I'm working hard to get to heaven where I come from. You know, that caught my attention. He's working hard to get to heaven where he comes from. Isn't it interesting to note that no matter how hard we work to get to heaven, no matter how good we try to be, uh, no matter if we do all these wonderful things for people in our world, yet that does not make us right with God. Our right standing with God is all based on what God did for us by sending his son, Jesus Christ. And that righteousness, that breastplate is what we need over our lives, right standing with God. If any person is in Christ Jesus, he's a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. So after finding and founding our lives on the truth of God's word and putting on that breastplate of righteousness, asking Jesus into our, our, into our lives and having right standing with God, then we put on the shoes, it says, shoes of the gospel of peace. Man, this message we preach is great news. As, after Jesus was tested in the wilderness, in Luke chapter 4, we see his very, very first sermon. He says, the spirit of the Lord is up on me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What is good news to a poor person? You don't have to be poor anymore. And my God will supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That another scripture, you know the love of your Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. That God is bringing good news to us that he's a great provider. Psalm 23, the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. Shoes of the gospel of peace, bringing good news to people. He preached the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim, proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. What great news is this, that you can be healed today to set at liberty those who are oppressed. You might be oppressed, depressed, suppressed. 
there's good news for you today. Jesus is here to set you free. And we put those same shoes on our feet. When I was 22 years old, I was taking a ceramics class at Central Washington University in Ellensburg. And at the time, I was reading about Buddhism and Taoism and Confucianism, and I was taking a ceramics class. And there's this little Baptist girl in there, and she was real nice and real sweet, and she loved to talk about Jesus. She talked, talk, 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 talk about Jesus. Well, I was interested, and I like to talk, 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 talk about Taoism and Confucianism and Buddhism and all those different, different truths that I thought were the way, the truth, and the life. But she was real nice, and she wasn't condemning. And finally, she said, Cameron, would you like to come to church with me one time, uh, one night? I said, absolutely, let's go down. It's a Wednesday night. I'm at the Christian and Missionary Alliance Church, Wednesday night. And I'm sitting there, and the worship starts. The music starts. People are singing praises to God. And I'm sitting in my chair, and I just begin to weep. And I kind of ducked. I didn't, know, I didn't actually know what was going on. I didn't know why I was being touched so much. And she just, my friend Lisa, who brought, invited me, she sat by me. She just said, that's the Holy Spirit working in you. Now, I didn't know about that. I didn't know if he was working in me or on me or what was happening. But I do know this, that my life was being touched that day. She had her feet shod with the gospel of peace. She brought good news Likewise with us, Jesus has touched our life. And hey, we're here this morning to say, hey, we are bringing good news to you. There is a future for you. There is a hope for you. There is a new season for you. There's provision for you. There's healing for you. And after we put on the shoes of the gospel of peace, it says, above all, we take the shield of faith. How many of you know in this season that we need the shield of faith to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one? There might be a lot of fiery darts coming at you right now, but isn't it wonderful that that shield doesn't quench just a few of the darts, not most of the darts. It quenches every fiery dart of the wicked one. We need to get our faith shield strong. You know, the Apostle Paul said something to the Thessalonians. He said, you know, I marvel. Your, your faith is growing exceedingly. He actually made mention of it just, wow, your faith, he, your faith is growing. That's, that's wonderful. Do you know that we can actually grow in our faith? Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes. Faith certainly does come, and it comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know, at the beginning of this pandemic, I was... I don't know about you, but I've never experienced anything like this in my life. I and mean, just it was amazing to me, all these various things that were happening around the world. And the news became very interesting to me. And I was really just sort of transfixed and had my eyes glued on the news. And uh, every morning, just, just really taking that in and what's happening. And I realized that my faith level began to do this. And I began to get a little discouraged. And I I could hear, I, I could sense, you know, that, that spirit of fear sort of knocking on my, on my door, and I made a decision, you know what, I, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, I think fear comes by hearing with the devil and the world and everything they're speaking, and I begin to turn the news off and begin to turn on to what God was saying, and my faith level, after it went down, it began to do this again, it began to do this, and it began to grow. Friends, we need to get our faith shield strong right now so that we can quench every fiery dart 
of the, of the wicked one. What are you listening to today? Let's hear what God says. Because God, all, the devil will always bring a message of fear, defeat, failure, doom and gloom. God will always bring a message of peace, hope, life, and victory. So after our faith shield is strong, the, the fifth piece of armor, we need to put on the helmet of salvation. And this helmet is going to cover our minds and our thoughts. I want to share with you a quote this morning from the, the great reformer, Martin Luther. He made this statement. He said, you cannot keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. That's speaking of thoughts. Remember, Pastor Doug was sharing the, the, really the word devil, demon. It means thought caster. You can't stop birds from flying over your head, but boy, you can't stop them from building a nest in your hair. You may not be able to stop those thoughts from coming, but you don't have to let them persist, and you don't have to let them stay there. We need to put a filter on our mind. You know, I think about movie producers and uh, directors, and they, they film these movies, but after they're done filming, they need to edit some things out. That just doesn't belong there. That doesn't, doesn't fit there. And, you know, you might have a word come that just, you know, a thought that says, man, I just don't think I can do this. Well, hold on. Remember, we have on the belt of truth, and we hold that thought up to the word of God. Wait a minute. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's, that's not a God thought. I'm not going to let that sit in my mind and, and, and resonate in my mind. I'm going to cast that thought off. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought we take captive and we hold it up to the revelation, the truth, the reality of God's word and say, yeah, that doesn't belong in my mind. I'm not going to let that build a nest in my hair. I'm not going to let that become a part of my thought process. So if we're not going to receive some of these negative thoughts, what are we going to do? Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are love, lovely, whatever things, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things. What, is, what are those things? It's, again, we, this points back to the Word of God. We're going to think about God's thoughts, what God says. Those are the things that I'm going to think about. I'm going to have the mind of Christ. So after we have on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, we have our helmet of salvation on, we have the mind of Christ, guess what? We do have an offensive weapon as well. And that's called the sword of the Spirit. I want to share with you a portion of Scripture about what I see as the sword of the Spirit and Jesus using that sword in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11, it says this. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, you know, the, the devil loves to pull scriptures and all kinds of stuff out of context. If you are the Son of God, if, he's trying to raise doubt already, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus answered and said, it is written, it is written, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, 
If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. Now, he's, he's misquoting all kinds of scripture. And in their hands they shall bear you up, or pulling them out of their context. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. Remember, you are the devil's worst nightmare. And he showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. The devil wants your worship. Don't give it to him. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God. And him only you shall serve. Watch this. Remember, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Verse 11. Then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered to him. We need some as it is written in our tool belt. We need some as it is written. When the devil comes and says, you can't do it as it is written. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When the devil comes and says, I think you're fearful. I think you're not going to make it. I think you're anxious. As it is written, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. The devil comes and says, you're lost in your old ways. You're stuck in a rut. You're not going to walk in this new life. No way. As it is written, if any man's in Christ, he's a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new as it is written as it is written as it is written and that is the sword of the spirit and action we need some as it is written written on the tablet of our heart in our mind in our heart in our mouth the word of faith that we preach amen we need some as it is written in our repertoire hebrews 4 12 says this for the word of god is living and powerful. This isn't a dead word that we preach. This word of God actually coming into your home, into your heart, into your life, into your ears this morning is a living word. It's living. It's active. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. There's not another sword on the planet or in any spiritual realm that is sharper than God's word. It's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul, spirit, joint, marrow, and the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. We love the word of God, and that is the weapon that we speak. I want to close by just saying this. In this season, we need to submit ourselves to God. Excuse me. Yeah, submit ourselves to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from us because we have that authority that Jesus has given to us over all the power of the enemy. And then we put on that full armor of God. We have the belt of truth. We're established in the truth of God's word. We put on the breastplate of righteousness, which comes through asking Jesus Christ into our lives. Our shoes are ready with the gospel of peace. We're just, we're light on a hill. We're sharing good news for those that don't have any hope in this world. We take the shield of faith. We hear the word of God. And it strengthens our faith shield. We have the helmet of salvation on, which is we have the mind of Christ. We think about what God says. And finally, we have the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. We speak the Word of God. And finally, we stand in hope. I want to take a moment, if there's some of you who have not, had the, have not asked Jesus into your lives, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. This is your moment. He's actually standing at the door of your heart right now knocking. Will you open the door of your heart and invite him into our lives? 
if that's you, even at home, you can, if you're comfortable, you can slip your hand up. You might even, the hand of your heart, just slip it up. Say, Lord, that's me. I, I'm asking you into my life. I'm going to pray for you. You can pray along with me. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I confess my sins to you, but I ask that you would be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I love you, Lord. Lead me by the way that I should go. Thank you for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you, if you made that prayer, that declaration today, you agreed with me. I'm so proud of you. This is the best day of your life. Your situation is going to turn. God is on your side. You'll receive some instruction on the screen um, what to do next. Thank you for hearing me today. And uh, what I believe that the Lord wanted to share with us. And uh, I love you guys. I look forward to seeing you soon. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We have a lot of great resources for you over at harborcitychurch.org. Come check us out. And I hope you have an awesome week.